Missionary Baptist Church welcomes you to a time of harvest. It is our hope and prayer that the Spirit of the Lord reaches you through today's message and strengthens your walk with Christ so that you may pass along the word and strengthen others' walk with Christ. And now we present to you a time of harvest.
Good morning. Welcome to A Time of Harvest with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you chose to spend part of your Sunday with us. As we prepare to receive the Word of God, we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture found in the ninth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, where Jesus confronts Saul of Tarsus, whom we better know as Paul the Apostle, and he says to him, why are you persecuting me? We're going to be talking about the power of conversion. We pray that this message will be a help to you and to your family, and we invite you at your earliest convenience to come and share with us in a worship experience or a Bible study here at Shiloh. We're here each and every Sunday at 8 and 11 for worship. Church school is at 9.45. We're here on Wednesdays at noon and 6.30 for the study of God's Word. If you're enjoying this broadcast, we invite you to tune in this evening for a closer look our one-hour Bible study highlight broadcast, which is also on CW21 at 6 o'clock p.m. You'll be blessed by sharing in that as well. Until you have the opportunity to come and share with us in a live worship experience, thank you for being a part of a time of harvest. We want to think for just a few minutes from the subject, the power of conversion. The power of conversion. Conversion involves undergoing transformational change as the result of an experience. Unless there is a powerful experience, there is rarely a conversion. People seldom just stop being who they always have been on their own. That happens as the result of an experience. And more than that, it happens because we have learned from the experience. Truth be told, some people have powerful experiences, but they don't learn from them. In this text, we're talking about Saul's conversion experience as a result of his experience with Jesus. But we are mindful of the fact that other people had experiences with Jesus that did not result in conversion. Nicodemus had an experience with Jesus. And Jesus told Nicodemus that he needed to be spiritually reborn. But Nicodemus didn't learn from his experience. But there's no evidence in scripture that Nicodemus was ever converted. The rich ruler who came asking Jesus about eternal life had an experience with Jesus. And Jesus gave him specific instruction designed to wean him away from his reliance on things and cause him to rely more on the one who makes all things possible. But the ruler didn't learn from his experience. 
for the last observation that was made about him was that he walked away shaking his head in disbelief. And it serves to remind us that while no conversion takes place without an experience with Jesus, not every experience with Jesus results in conversion. Consider the state of the church today. There are a lot of people who are in the church for a lot of reasons other than because they've been converted. And it's clear that there hasn't been conversion in their lives because they haven't learned anything. There are a lot of people who claim to serve a loving Christ, and yet there is no love in them. There are a lot of people who stand on the fact that Jesus has been gracious and compassionate toward them, and yet they will not expend grace and compassion to others who need it. There are a lot of people who get weepy-eyed when they think about how God looked beyond their fault and met their need. But they aren't interested in looking past our faults or helping to meet our need. The only needs they're interested in meeting are their own. A lot of us have been exposed to Jesus, but we have not allowed Jesus to work conversion in our lives. And that's an important point because Jesus will not force conversion on anybody. You have to want it. You have to seek it. You have to learn to lay self aside and say to God from your heart, I'll go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. There is power in conversion and we need to be able to tap into that power if we're going to successfully navigate the sea of life and become all that Christ has made it possible for us to become. In Acts chapter 9, we're told of the conversion experience of Saul. And as we consider how Jesus changed Saul's life, we see just how powerful a conversion experience can be. If we were to divide this text into categories, there are three stages of Saul's conversion that we can identify. The first stage was when he was going the wrong way. 
And Saul of Tarsus, Paul had been a leading persecutor of the church. He was responsible for the deaths of many and the suffering of many more. He was there when an angry mob stoned Stephen to death. He held the coats of those who stoned him and gave approval to their murderous actions. From there, he was making a name for himself as a ruthless dispenser of pain and heartache. He was acting in the authority of the Sanhedrin Council and in the name of the Lord. And his zeal, coupled with his credentials and his ego, made him feel like he was right in what he was doing. But in fact, Paul was going the wrong way. Paul thought he was something that he was not. Church, be careful not to think too highly of yourself. We're cautioned by the writer of Proverbs that there is a way that seems right, but the end leads to death. And there are a lot of folk today on a path that seems right, but in fact, they're going the wrong way. A lot of us have zeal, credentials, and ego. And when you put those three things together, it can make us feel like we're something that we are not. But when you've been converted, you know that zeal without knowledge is a dangerous thing. When you've been converted, you know that credentials and ego are not enough to overcome a distorted, warped, and evil spirit. Some of the most infamous names of history had zeal, credentials, and ego and yet they went the wrong way. Pharaoh had zeal, credentials, and ego, and Egypt came to ruin. King Saul had zeal, credentials, and ego, and in the end, he lost his mind. Jezebel had zeal, credentials and ego but in the end dogs ate her splattered carcass even today Donald Trump has zeal credentials and ego but he's leading our nation into one of the most dark and divisive periods in the last 60 years He's going the wrong way. One of the most troubling things about going the wrong way 
is that you can have great success for a little while, even though you're going the wrong way. Solomon went down the wrong road in life, but he'd had great success along the way. He got rich along the way. He was honored by others along the way. But when Solomon got old and his best days were behind him, he knew that he had gone the wrong way. All he could say was vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Yes, a dangerous stage that all of us must go through is that stage when we're going the wrong way. That stage when we think we're something that we are not. But I thank God that this first stage wasn't Paul's only stage. With zeal, credentials, and a big ego, Paul was on his way to Damascus to arrest anyone who was a disciple of Jesus. But on the way to Damascus, Paul had a transforming experience. Jesus met Paul and changed everything. All of a sudden, Paul went from going the wrong way to going nowhere at all. Jesus blinded Paul with a bright light from heaven. Jesus stopped Paul's motion by knocking him down to the ground. Jesus stilled Paul's voice by calling out to him from heaven. Jesus convicted Paul's heart by asking him, why are you out to get me? Paul thought he knew what he was doing. He thought he knew why he was doing it. He was convinced that he was going in the right direction. But when Paul met Jesus, he suddenly went from going the wrong way to going nowhere. After the bright light left him, his companions led a blind Paul into Damascus where he sat still for three days. He didn't eat or drink anything. Before Damascus, Paul was in his own strength. He went where he wanted to go and did what he wanted to do. And Paul was so busy doing what he thought was God's work that he didn't have any time to actually hear from God. 
But after Damascus, Jesus fixed it so Paul couldn't do anything. He couldn't go anywhere. All he could do was wait on the salvation of the Lord. Church, the power of Christ's conversion is that he'll stop us from going the wrong way. Even if it means that he has to keep us from going any way. Now, some may think that going nowhere is a bad thing. But when Jesus makes a change in your life, when Jesus invites us to experience conversion, sometimes conversion means that we have to spend a little time going nowhere so that God will let us know what he can do. The sons of Korah said, be still and know that I am God. David said, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Jeremiah said, it's good to wait quietly on the salvation of the Lord. Isaiah said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary. And they'll walk and not faint. Trying to tell you that when we're still, Jesus will show us that it ain't about us, but it's about him working in and through us. In him, we live. In him, we move. In him, we have our being. When God wants us, he can fix it so that we can't do anything but wait on him. Paul went from going his own way to going nowhere. But going nowhere wasn't the final stage. Before Jesus was through with Paul, He went from going the wrong way to going nowhere, but finally to going God's way. While Paul was waiting in Damascus, Jesus was working on Paul. Jesus was moving in his heart. Jesus was changing his priorities. Jesus was rewriting Paul's agenda. Jesus redeemed Paul from his sin and saved his soul for eternal glory. And then Jesus commissioned Paul to preach his gospel. 
And Paul began to alter his course and go the Lord's way. Luke says that Paul preached with such power and such conviction that the people were baffled. When the Lord converts us, it will leave folk wondering what happened to us. Folk think they know who you are, but they only know who you were before Jesus. When Jesus comes in, he makes a change that no power can undo. That's what the hymn writer meant when he testified, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have peace for my soul for which long I have sought since Jesus came into my heart. Church, that's my testimony. He stopped me from going the wrong way and he held me up to where I couldn't go nowhere at all. But when I stopped thinking about me and when I started trusting in him, he turned my life around. Jesus put clapping in my hands. Jesus put running in my feet. Jesus put praise on my tongue. Jesus caused joy bells to ring in my heart. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I know I've been touched by Jesus. I'm glad I know he made a way out of no way. I'm glad I know he gave me a story to tell. I came to Jesus as I was weary, worn, and sad. But I found in him a resting place. And he has made me glad. I'm happy with Jesus. I'm happy with the master. I'm happy with the king of kings. I'm happy with the Lord of lords. Jesus, 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 yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. I know he's all right. I know he's all right. 